0: Hello everybody, welcome to the latest in the uh, PhD podcast series here at the University of Limerick. I'm delighted to be joined today by uh, Ketan um, Madanay joining us from the Bernal Institute to talk about his research and uh, Ketan could I just ask you just to give us a little bit of background about yourself and you know how how it is that you came to uh, the University of Limerick.
1: Sure, my name is Ketan Madhne. Uh, basically I'm from India and uh, I was pursuing like before joining uh, University of Limerick. I was like uh, associated with one of the research laboratories in India and I was like exposed to a lot of different research areas and I wanted to do a PhD in like uh, these areas. So I just opted for University of Limerick to uh, continue my research in that particular field.
0: So OK, basically, yeah. And uh, could I just ask you, um, Ketan, about you know where the interest in your PhD came from? Where did that, you know, wh- where did the passion come from, you know, that made you want to do a, a PhD?
1: Well, uh, because I was also, before joining University of Limerick, I was associated with, uh, with one of the research laboratories in India, uh, named, uh, like CSIR, National Chemical Laboratory. Uh, this is a government uh, laboratory and I was exposed to a lot of different uh, research areas uh, in that laboratory. And uh, you know, I was working on some of the projects related to reactor design when I was working there. And it was at that moment of time where uh, I was like interested in carrying forward uh, the research of reactor design. And then eventually uh, I was searching for the position. And then um, luckily I, uh, I landed in uh, University of Limerick to continue my research.
0: Yeah, and that would lead to my next question about, you know, how was it that you ended up in the University of Limerick?
1: Well, uh, uh, to be very honest, I was like uh, searching for like different universities and then eventually uh, why UL is because first the laboratory facilities are excellent and uh, one of the pioneering scientists, uh, Dr. Vivek Ranade, under whom I'm doing my PhD, happens to be in UL and I wanted to uh, you know start uh, do my research under his guidance uh, because he's one of the leading names in uh, in, in reactor design and computational fluid dynamics. So that is my field of research. So it was, um, you know, obviously the facilities at UL and the faculties. So both uh, things uh, eventually, you know, that 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 made my choice pretty clear to land up in UL.
0: Okay, great. Because yeah, I think everybody knows that Vivek is such, you know, an an inspiring researcher. And so, what are you working on with um, with, you know, as part of your PhD? And what are you working on with with Vivek and, and his team right now?
1: Well, my PhD topic basically is uh, continuous crystallization in passive fluidic devices. Uh, What it basically means in a very simple language is uh, for all the reactions that we carry carry out or all the crystallization process that we carry out as of now, uh, mostly it involves stir tank reactors, like it has a tank and it has a stirrer in it into it. So what we are basically trying to attempt to uh, do is uh, we need we are replacing this uh, complex moving part machineries. Uh, like the stirrer or the vibrator or like uh, some sonicators or something. We are uh, replacing these vessels with a passive fluidic device so that device will not uh, have any moving part and still give us the same result and because uh, it is just a reactor it it can be operated continuously so you just speed your reactants A and B and you eventually get your crystals at the output with no moving parts, and it will be operated in a continuous manner. So it is continuous crystallization passive fluid. OK,
0: fantastic. So it simplifies the whole process in a much more in a much more streamlined manner. Excellent,
1: and great. More greener and more cleaner technology.
0: Excellent. Yes. Yeah. So, in terms of sustainability, and I know they put a huge emphasis on the Sustainable Development Goals in the Bernal Institute, and uh, and and fulfilling, and, and in fact, you know, matching those goals uh, in 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 the work that is that takes place in the institute. Could I ask you, um, Kaitan, about um, a typical day? You know, a typical working day for you mm-hmm. as a researcher. I know there probably is no such thing as a typical day, but what would you say is a, you know. Uh, how would you describe if you, if somebody asked you to describe you know what what do you do and what a day for you looks like you know could you give one example of
1: my phd basically uh, involves both simulations and uh, experimentation so what we do is that uh, in a typical day i start off my day by like looking at few geometries of the reactors i'll and then i'll start my simulation at the first half of the uh, of the day and then eventually uh, we will, uh, you know, obviously uh, will manufacture that design. Uh, not uh, that that will not be a typical working day. So what basically we do is that suppose we design design A and we uh, simulate that design. Then we, uh, you know, send that design for manufacturing. So once, uh, so the simulation, the various simulations runs on over that design. Till then we'll get back that design, manufactured design. We do experiments on that so this process takes back and forth back and forth and then there is a certain optimization that that takes place in the design and even the process, uh, experimental parameters so this whole cycles uh, repeat so what uh, uh, eventually it sinks down to uh, the required crystal size or re- required crystal attributes once that is achieved uh, uh, everything i mean uh, our uh, the research stops over there so we then reiterate the design then we reiterate the process and this is how it works typical uh, typically so uh, first half uh, will be simulations second half will be experimentation and the later remaining uh, later uh, later uh, later part of the day will be analysis and
0: okay, the next so is, yeah. and in terms of your next big milestone for your for your phd kitan what would that what, what's the next you know um, big a um,
1: very big uh, a milestone in my PhD would be like uh, we are aiming at a crystal vending machine. You just input the parameters and you will get the required crystals from a compact uh, crystal vending machine. That is what we are aiming at because uh, uh, most of my uh, PhD will be based on experimentation, simulations and modeling. So if everything uh, uh, works out well, at the end of the end of my PhD we are looking for a compact crystallization unit. So just input the parameters and you will get the required crystal size and the, uh, with the required crystal attributes.
0: Okay, excellent. And um, I imagine that in the area which you work, you know, that you're obviously going to encounter, for example, problems and challenges and, you know, times when things go wrong. So could you give an example perhaps of, you know, since you started your PhD of something that went, you know, somewhat awry or somewhat amiss and how you confronted this and, and, uh, and challenged this? Uh, Particular issue.
1: So basically, you know, uh, 50% of my uh, of part of my work is simulations. So there is a typical. Uh, so I work on simu- CFD simulation, that is computational fluid dynamics. So for these simulations, uh, there was a one typical incident that I was stuck uh, on this uh, particular problem for like maybe three months, and it was. Uh, it's a typical step in a CFD simulation that you need to mesh a geometry. For meshing, uh, you need to discretize the geometry in so many different parts. So it is one one tricky uh, this thing, uh, what you say, a trick that might solve the problem and getting to that trick is very, uh, very difficult. It, it is a reiterative process You are every every now and then you just reiterate the solution and you go back again for, and you start it from the beginning. It's just a, a snake and ladder game
0: mm-hmm. and
1: it is highly frustrating, but then it's also challenging at the same time. So I was like dealing with this problem and then eventually. Uh, one thing that i learned like to solve the problem is to somehow give give it a, give it a, a rest and eventually down the timeline something clicks up so you know solving problems to some extent i would suggest that it is sometimes it is better to leave the problem alone instead of taking an enormous amount of stress on that problem and that that might too much to some extent that might do a trick
0: okay Great, and uh, so that was how you approach the problem. That was how you, that you know. Is one, confront-
1: yeah, that is one way of approaching the problem. Or like the, there are other ways like I, if there is a problem, the technical problems that I run into, sometimes it is always good to read all the literature that is there. Then uh, you know, find out alternate solutions. Yeah, then, uh, uh, think about that solutions. Then you just evaluate the solution and then eventually you just arrive by filtering out all the solutions, you arrive at the exact solution of the problem. Yeah, that is one of the
0: ways that I deal with the problems. Great. And I, I think you've addressed this already, Kit to some extent, this next question that I have, but I'm going to ask it anyway because it's one that comes up all the time. We mm-hmm. hear so much about impact of research, and people have to account for and to um state and stipulate what the impact of their research is. Mm-hmm. So how what would you say if you if someone were to ask you, you know, what can be the, the wider benefit or what's the impact? Of your phd project well, potential uh, impact
1: see, project. Uh, honestly what we are trying to, aiming at is that we are making this crystallization process more cleaner and more greener and more energy, mm-hmm. energy efficient. we'll be reducing the carbon footprints as we are eliminating a lot of the moving parts
0: mm-hmm. and once
1: there are no moving parts uh, uh, things become uh, they, they become very simple and that is what we are aiming at so when things uh, things become simple there are a lot of things that we can change around and play with. so uh, in terms uh, down the timeline the productivity also gets increased in terms of like inventing a new uh, process or in terms of uh, you know changing the process in terms of optimization because there are no complex moving parts uh, we are like eliminating all the um, complexities involved with complex moving parts and yet
0: retaining all the benefits of mm. this so this is what the impact is Okay, excellent. And um so in terms of after you graduate, uh, what would be your career aspirations, Ketan? Would you see yourself as someone who would aspire to an academic career or a career in industry or something that straddles both or or something that you know would be in the public sector or elsewhere? So what do you see as your you know well, career path after your PhD?
1: well uh, i honestly see myself as a full time researcher in a research laboratory although i might be very, uh, I, I do like uh, like teaching so to some extent but that would not be like la- most most of my part of my career later on i'll definitely have like something around 70 30% ratio of research mm. and teaching, and okay. that is what i'm like uh, aiming aiming at
0: yeah great and what would you say you know uh, what would you say is the advantage of doing a phd say compared to you know uh, someone with your current qualifications and some would be maybe some of your contemporaries or your peers who are now working in 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 industry. What would you say are the advantages of doing a PhD over that type of career at at the moment, you know, for the stage that you're at?
1: Well, before joining PhD, I was doing a job in, in like typically I was doing a typical job. But then in that typical job, uh, things down the timeline get extremely monotonous. Mm-hmm. and uh, in PhD you, you know it's uh, always the, uh, the opposite you every day is a new challenge every day is a new opportunity to explore your abilities mm-hmm. to push your abilities and this is what uh, actually you know opted me for PhD and anyways uh, uh, first and foremost thing is that you know the 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 urge to go into depth uh, of a subject is uh, th- that uh, that that thing is satisfied in PhD uh, that will not be satisfied
0: in job because down the timeline jobs gets get uh, monotonous great and uh, what would you say then or what advice following on from that and this is is my last question but what advice would you give to someone who's thinking of doing a phd not necessarily a phd at the university of limerick but Mm -hmm. to a phd in general what advice would you give to someone who's you know uh, contemplating doing a phd
1: yeah so i would suggest that uh, i would like to suggest that uh, they need to spend ample amount of time in choosing the topic of their research and analyzing their own inclinations. That if you're interested, then you need to analyze if you're really interested into this particular field and then uh, they need to spend ample amount of time in choosing the topic of research. That is
0: definitely uh, 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 what I would like to suggest to aspiring PhD students. Okay. Ketan, that was great. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, that was really informative and insightful. And thank you for giving us uh, such a comprehensive uh, overview of the research that you're undertaking at the moment. And um, I'll say just best of luck with your with your with your doctoral studies and in which forever uh, in whichever career path you decide to take. So thank you so much, and uh, it was a real pleasure talking to you, Ketan and um, see you soon. Thank you very much. Thank you and thank you for your time. Bye bye.